You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Good morning. Billy asked me to read the passage for this morning. Wives, submit to your husbands. As is fitting in the Lord, husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Amen? (laughs) You notice I asked her to read, and I didn't tell her. I just want to make that clear. (laughs) All right, it's going to be fun. It's livening up in here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was Colossians chapter 3. So if you got a Bible, I'd love for you to open that. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to be in verse 18. We are talking about family today. It's going to be a good one. I would like to pray before the message, um, preaching on a message about family, wives, children, and husbands, when your family is sitting right in front of you. Uh, it's always fun, so uh, I, I could use some prayer. Um, so let's just pray this up together. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we thank you so much uh, that we can gather together freely and just sing to you, uh, be with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for this time and uh, this building, and uh, thank you for all that goes on in here, all the life that happens. It's happening downstairs with the kids' community. Uh, just... Uh, Pray that you would bless all the volunteers, God, who give their time freely uh, again and again, God, to be down there, to love those kids, and to teach them your gospel, your truth, your love, Lord. May you just bless them right now. May your hand just rest upon them, encourage their hearts. Uh, it is hard work, God, and they sacrifice being up here to be down there so many times. Just encourage them, Lord, by your Spirit. And we pray that the kids would just come to know you and your gospel and your truth and your love would be seen clearly, and they would fall in love with you. Just steal their little hearts for you, we pray. And uh, God, we come to your word right now. We believe this is the word of the living God. Um, And by your word, it says you created the universe, all that we see. Uh, You breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. We are created in your image, Lord, and You have sent your Son to redeem us and restore us back to your image, and that's what we want this morning. May our hearts long for that. May we be open to what you have to say, that your word, which is powerful, would work in us by your Spirit and transform our hearts. We ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. We're talking about family today. Um, Family is the place where you can be yourself, right? You can fake other people out but you can't really fake out your family. Is anyone in a family? All right. Hey, this is going to be a relevant message. <laughs> family is a place you can be yourself. You can just hang. You can express your feelings. You can walk around in your underwear. That's what you like to do, right? The church is a family as well. If you walked around in your underwear, it may not go over very well. I wouldn't recommend that. But at home, you can do that, right? Anybody do that in here? Brave enough to admit it. Occasionally, I did as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Thank you for that visual. Ah, there you go. 
Even better. It's a family unto himself. Oh, thanks for that visual, Silas. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so family is a place where we find comfort, um, love, close relationships, but we also find uh, hurt, don't we? Heartache. Family can be the place that hurts us more than any other place in the world. We find dysfunction. There's so many dysfunctional families. We make fun of them. The media pokes fun at them. Uh, you may have seen some of these families here. Um, great, solid, biblical families, all of these, obviously. Um, these images just evoke to our minds the dysfunction that comes with family. How do we do it right? You know, some of us are just like, ah, family, I, I hate that word. The holidays are the worst because I have to go hang out with my family and they annoy the heck out of me, right? Some of you guys put the fun back in dysfunction. Yeah? <laughs> There's one, one laugh. Some of you are like, I wish there was a way to redeem my fam family. You know what I mean? Are you awake this morning? Okay. That was, that was your coffee this morning. Some of you are just like, help, I want out. Some of you are like, I don't want to start a new f- a family because of the experience that I've had in my family. And I don't want it to be like that again. Some of us love families. Some of us have found comfort and encouragement in families. And we are who we are because of those. So the Bible has something to say about family. We're going to look at that this morning. Colossians chapter 3, 18. We're just going to break this down. This, we've got to keep in mind here as we go in, this flows out of the thought of the Apostle Paul as he's writing this, chapter 3, which we studied the last couple of weeks. He's talking about this. Verse three, chap, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We find our life in Christ because of what Christ did. Because he died, our sin has died with him. So he says, put that sin to death. He was, God raised Christ from the dead. He is alive. He has power by his spirit. So he says, put on then, verse 12, as God's chosen ones, holy and, belo- holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, he says, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, some things that many of us could use in our families. Amen? Bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. One thing you might notice in here is the you is plural because it says one another, one another, one another. What he's really talking to here, the heart of this, is he's talking to the church as a whole, as a community, as a family. And he's saying, you, Red Sea Church, as a family, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, so that we can be united, right? Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Stuff that we do together. And then he says something amazing, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to, to God the Father through him. He ends this by encouraging the church to sing, to sing songs to God with gratefulness. Um, We're going to refer to Ephesians a little bit through this. There's a parallel passage in chapter 5 of Ephesians. And if you're really scholarly, you could even turn there and keep your finger there as we go back and forth. Ephesians chapter 5, he follows this line of thought as he works his way down into verse 18. He says, And do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always. And then he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
So notice in both of these passages, and then you'll notice in 22, what does he say next? Wives, submit to your husbands. And he goes into the, 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 the family, how the family is supposed to live together. It's interesting in both of these passages, forgive me, my earpieces all over the place. Somehow that's going to stay in there by the power of God. Um, amen. All right. We are alive in here. Okay. Notice, and I just think it's interesting that in both of these passages, Paul starts talking about worship and singing, right? And you're like, don't we love that part? Sing, make music to the Lord with melody in your hearts, thankfulness to God, right? Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You're like, yes, yes. And then he's like, wives, submit to your husbands. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Isn't that hilarious? Sing songs to each other, gratefulness in your hearts to God. Wives, submit to your husbands, right? You're just like, where did that come from? Is that interesting or what? Look at this. In Ephesians 5, he says, Sing these songs with gratefulness and thankfulness, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the first thing he says is submitting to one another, submitting to each other out of what? Reverence for Christ. Do it out of reverence for Christ. And the second, in, in Colossians, he says right before this, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Wives, submit to your husbands. I just like saying that. Doesn't that sound good? Some of you are like, can those words be used together in a sentence? I mean, right? We're in a very liberal city, Portland. If I walked the streets and said, wives, submit to your husbands, may not go over well. Some of you in here might be a little agitated right now and frustrated. All right, let's do this. First thing I want to say is, I am just the mailman. I didn't write the letter, okay? So have mercy on me. <laughs> I also want to say I don't enjoy preaching this message in our culture because the, it, this message gets a lot of flack. But I'd like to break this down. What is the word that we have trouble with? It's the word submit, isn't it? Some of us, women in here, when we, when we hear this, wives submit to your husbands, what we hear is, Women submit to men because you are the weaker sex. Amen? Right? Some of us hear that. That's what many people in the world hear. What did Paul actually say? Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting the Lord. In Ephesians he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. The word submit, first of all, he's talking about wives submitting to their husbands, not women submitting to men. Okay, so this is in the family. The word submit is a voluntary submission. You guys look like you're, you're just waiting. You're like, how is he going to dig out of this hole? This is going to be awesome. <laughs> I feel the pressure. The word submit is a different word that he uses than he uses in verse uh, 20 for children. Wives submit to your husbands. Children obey your parents. Two different Greek words. The word he uses for children is obey. It means do what you're told. Do what your parents do. It's a command. You don't have a choice. Do it. With women, he's saying with wives, submit voluntarily. It's a voluntary submission. So he's saying voluntarily do what is right before the Lord. Voluntarily submit yourself to your husband. Okay. Some of you aren't sold yet. Let's talk about the culture. Here's the culture in Paul's time. In Jewish culture, women were property. Okay? So, 
the men owned their wives. So you owned, just like you owned, you know, uh, flocks, and you might own a house, all these things, you also own a wife, right? So it's like, yeah, I got a house, I got a car at home, I got a nice guitar, and I got a wife, right? I mean, that's how it was. You were property. Um, A husband could divorce his wife for any reason. Didn't matter what it was. So the husband had all the privileges. The man had all the privileges. He could enjoy the privileges of the relationship. The woman had all the duties, right? It was all about obligation and what you had to do. You submit to your husband. He is your master. You do what he says, or there'll be consequences. That was the world, the Jewish world. The Greek world wasn't much different. Um, women, what were expected of wives was servitude and chastity. And they weren't allowed to go out in public alone. They weren't allowed to go out and, and mingle with men at all. They stayed at home, pretty much. Stayed at home. So you work on, here's your job as a wife. Serve your husband the best that you can. Do whatever he tells you. And chastity, just remain pure and committed to him. What did the husband get to do? Anything that he wanted, basically. He could go out anytime he wanted. The wife couldn't ask any questions. This is the world that women lived in. It was truly a man's world. It was a man's world. So Paul walks into this. Think about what he's saying. Wives, voluntarily submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And then what does he say right after that? Husbands, love your wives. So we love to isolate this verse. Women submit to your, wives submit to your husbands. But it also says husbands love your wives. Here's what I want you guys to get this morning, okay? Because we've got to understand in Paul's day that he's actually liberating women in here. This is what's ironic and hilarious about this. There's a great book by Thomas Cahill called Desire of the Everlasting Hills. If you like reading good books, you might want to write that down. Thomas Cahill, Desire of the Everlasting Hills. He's a historian. What he says in there was Paul was the first person in history ever to write about the liberation of women in the home. Woo-hoo, Paul. Yes. Now that's a message Portland could rejoice in, right? He was the first ever. What he's saying is this. Before, how it's been in the culture was the wife had all the duty and obligation. The husband had all the privilege. The kids had all the duty and obligation. The man, the father, had all of the privileges. Here's what has happened is Paul has created mutual obligation mutual duty to one another. You guys with me on that? If you write anything down today, write that down because that will help you understand this. This is like a finely tuned machine. All the parts are working together and if one of the parts isn't doing what it's supposed to do, the machine doesn't work. That's the family, how Paul intended it. He doesn't say, husband, father, you're in charge, you're the man, do whatever you want, boss everybody around. That's the law. Women and children, your job is to follow. No. Now all of a sudden, The wife is elevated, and the husband is the leader, the loving leader of the home. He says, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Men were harsh with with their wives back then, and they could be, right? Why not? It was the law. They They had the power. Now he's saying there's mutual obligation. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, and husbands, love your wives. So check this out. Husbands, love your wives, whether your wife's submitting to you or not. Because he didn't, he didn't say, husbands, make sure your wife is submitting to you. That's what it would have been in Paul's day. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, make sure they're submitting. If they're not, you can divorce them, or whatever you got to do, do it. 
Now he's saying, wives submit and husbands love your wives. What does this look like for a woman? Here's the issue here. It's about leadership in the home. Is God has created roles, specific roles. So let's understand two things, okay? This is a reflection of the Trinity, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit exist in a family. Isn't it interesting what, that, what God chose to describe himself in Jesus? Father, Son, right? They exist in a family. They are all equally God but they all have specific roles, and you see Jesus submitting to the will of the Father throughout the Scriptures. Well, it's the same with us as he created man and woman. He created us equal. We are created in the image of God, it says. He created man and woman in the image of God. We are equal. Okay, men are not better than women. Right. Okay, would you agree with me? Men are not better than women. But men are to be the leader and the head of their home. I'm just the mailman. They are to be the head of their home. And the wife is to follow that loving leadership. Just like in the church, God has created elders to lead the church lovingly, to serve the church. And we are to submit to the leaders of our church, right? Voluntarily as to Christ. Check this out. This will help us. Ephesians. We've got to move quickly here. Ephesians chapter 5, he says it this way. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So the wife, check this out. This is my one challenge to you on this verse before we move on. Because we don't have all day. As to the Lord. Who are you really submitting to, ultimately? Women? Wives? God. You're submitting to Jesus. As to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, do we all submit to Christ in here? Okay. So also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. You're submitting to their loving leadership. Okay, now, you guys actually have the easy part. Guys, look how long he spends in the next chapter in Ephesians on the husband's role. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for you. Well, that's a simple one. If you're not dead yet, you're not done yet, right? So, he gave his life for the church, right? He sacrificed himself for her. The word love that's used in Colossians in here is agapeo, which is a love, it's an act of the will. You choose to love someone. You choose to do that sacrificially as an act of your will. It's not just this feeling like, Submit to me, woman, and yes, I love you. <laughs> Grab me another beer. Oh, have I told you lately I loved you? <laughs> Did you bring another beer in here while I'm watching the football game? You know, it's like an actual love where you're, you're sacrificing. You're, you're, it's an action you're committing to her. He goes on. Look at this. That he might sanctify her. So husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that, he might be, that, that she might be holy and without blameless. What is Jesus doing so far? He's giving everything in this relationship, <laughs> right? He could easily just be like, I give everything in this relationship. You don't give anything, right? Where are you? You don't do anything. I'm doing it all. He doesn't do that, does he? He continues to do it, even to death on a cross for us. Then he goes on, verse 28, In the same way, 
Husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. You know you guys love your bodies, right? Let's just be honest. Okay. Paul's got a great point there. In the same way, love, you should love their wives as as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. That's a great argument, isn't it? You guys, guys love their bodies, right? We love ourselves. So think about the things that you do for yourself. What are the things that we do for ourselves? We work hard at our job. We like to enjoy things. We might like to watch a football game and have a beer, right? We're like, I'm doing that for myself because I care about myself. Do that for your wife. Have you ever thought about your wife that way, you guys? I'm going to love, I'm going to take care of her like I take care of myself. So when you nurture in your relationship with God and you're like, I want to be a disciple and I want to grow in Christ, do all these things, when's the last time you thought about your wife that way? I really want her to connect with God and to grow as a disciple of Christ. I really want her to be happy. I really want, I want to know what she thinks. So here's a good tip for you guys. I'm not an expert on marriage, you guys. I'm not an expert on husbandry. Um, that's not even the right word, but you guys know what I mean, right? Obviously, I'm not an expert on the English vocabulary either. Um, but check this out, you guys. Here's one thing you can do. If I could just tell you, if you're just like, Billy, you've been married for a while, 14 years. Some have been here like, they're just babies, right? I feel like it's a long time, even though it feels like not that long at all. <laughs> See what I mean? It's not a good message to preach with your family right in front of you. Okay. Check it out. Here's what I would tell you if you're like, just give me one piece of advice and like my relationship with my wife. Here's what I would say. Take notes. Okay? You could take physical notes. Buy a notebook. I don't know. Just take them in your mind. Watch your wife listen to what she says. Take notes and how she thinks. Take notes of the things that she likes. Okay? Took me a long time to learn this. <laughs> We'd be in a store. Oh, man, I really, like, want one of those, you know? Man, I, I wish I had one of those. I, I shouldn't buy that. It's just too much. It's too much. I don't want to spend money on that. I'm like, okay, sweet. Because I don't either. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, then, like, you know, Weeks later, it's just kind of like, uh, what's the matter? I don't know. I'm just, I'm bummed I didn't get that thing. And, well, you said you didn't want to get it. I mean, we decided together. And she, well, I know, but, and, and I offered to buy it, but you said I didn't have to. I know. Just would have been nice if you just bought it for me. <laughs> Surprise. It's like, okay. <laughs> right. Guys, you know what you're doing is you're just, you're caring, you're caring about your wife and what, you're taking care of her like you take care of yourself. When someone's like, when it's your birthday and somebody asks you what you want, you know what you want, don't you? You're like, oh, let me, th- I haven't really thought about it, but I'd really love to have this, 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 and this, right? You know what you want. You're all about yourself. It's, it's, it's natural. What if you're all about your wife? What if you're all about her relationship with God, just like it says in here? In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one has ever hated his own flesh. Now check this out, Okay? No one has ever hated his own flesh. Guess what's interesting in Genesis chapter 1 and 2? Genesis chapter 2. How was woman created? Man was created. Yeah, Silas is pointing to his rib. 
I'm trying not to imagine him in his underwear. <laughs> this is just, yeah, this is too intimate. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, yes. So man was created. God breathed the breath of God into man. He became a living being. And then he says, man needs a helper. So he says, I'll create a helper suitable for him. So he brings all of the animals. Right? And here's your helper. Well, that didn't quite cut it. Adam was like, eh, it's not quite what I need. I don't blame him. I've got like a petting zoo at my house right now. Animals don't cut it, okay? So then he says, causes the man to fall into a deep sleep, and he takes out one of his ribs out of his flesh and creates woman and brings the woman to the man. And man's like, now that's what I'm talking about right there, right? Now we're good to go. So he brings her to man to compliment him. Think about woman's, the name woman. Whoa, man. Right? But, but seriously. But man, woman, the word means taken out of man. I will call her woman because she was taken out of man. Okay? So he says, love your wife like you love your own flesh. Well, guess what? She is your flesh. Isn't that crazy? So she is your very flesh. God has created her as a gift to you to take care of. But also the woman was created to be a helper and to compliment man. Now again, some of us immediately when I say helper go, oh, we're supposed to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, huh? I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying, okay? The woman is there to compliment man and, and to help her. So what that is saying is this, as I tie this up, is that God created man and woman, husband and wife, to be a partnership together, but the husband is the leader of that home, just like Christ is the leader and the head of this church. So I'm just going to say it right there. I'm just going to throw that out there. That is the truth that God preaches. Uh-oh, we have a question. Yeah. Go ahead. So submit, submit Thank you, man. That's great. Awesome. That helps. Amen. Amen. Oh, now we have another question. Okay, come on, you guys. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you so much. That is awesome to hear from you. Cool. Yes. So what we could take away from this, because we do, for time's sake, we wrap up this section, but, and continue to unpack this, you know, that even after we leave with, with your spouse. Um, it's a partnership. It's a mutual obligation. So in other words, 
I can't just ex- live my life expecting my wife to submit to me. I need, my job is to love my wife. Guys, men in here, your job is to love your wife. When the dishes aren't done, guess whose job it is? Yours. Do it. <laughs> Do the dishes. Right? Take care of things. You're the leader. Leaders can't just sit around and go, oh, this is a mess. Ah, uh, stinking church. These stinking people. They don't even care about God. Screw this. <laughs> you know? Right? No one knows what they're doing. No one knows what the vision is. What is wrong with you guys? Right? Are you idiots? No, maybe we didn't explain it very well. <laughs> you know? It's very tempting to do that as a leader. I went through that where you just blame the church when they're not doing what you want them to do. All of a sudden, I started realizing, you know what? You're not a leader unless people are following you. You're just walking by yourself. <laughs> so you better go back and rally them up and leave them along. That's the way it is in the home. If your family's all jacked up and your wife's giving you problems and cursing your name behind your back and your kids don't care about you, I can't blame anyone except myself. I can't blame them for that because God's given me the charge of the leadership. Amen to that? Okay. Submitting's easy. <laughs> That's the hard part. Guys, we've got to lead our families and love them, and we do it together. So we're partners with our spouse. When Tara and I make decisions, we've had some really hard decisions in our lives. I don't just go like, I'm going to go away, seek the Lord, I'll come back and tell you what we're doing. <laughs> we sit down, we talk about it together, just like anybody, anybody would, two people trying to decide something. She gives her input, I give mine, I take that to heart. But then at the end of the day, I think there's an understanding that at the end of the day, usually we're united, praise God, by His grace. But if we're not, and I just say, look, man, I'm feeling led to take this job and to move here. And I know the hesitations, and I've prayed about it, and, and I feel that, but I feel like we need to do this. Then that's where she comes in, and she's faced with the decision of going, am I going to honor him in this and do this? And there's times when I need to do that for her. There's times that I just change my mind because of what she decides. It's a partnership, but there are rules, and there is a leader in the home, and it's the men. We've got to carry that. Amen? All right. Children. Any kids in here besides my own? <laughs> no. Perfect. Okay. Colossians chapter 3. We're back in there. Bring this home. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Okay, next verse. Okay. <laughs> okay. The children's job, this is a different word, and this is the word that means obey. It's not voluntary. It means that God has created parents to rule over their children and to lead their children. And children need to respect them. I love in Ephesians because he says, this is the first command with a promise. He's talking about the Ten Commandments because God says that it will go well with you in the land. It will go well with you when you obey your parents. Now, if your parents tell you to dishonor Christ, and I know some kids might have parents who aren't Christians, then that's a different story, okay? They're telling you to do something that completely dishonors Christ. Then there may be a line there. But for the most part, the children are to respect their parents and to, and to obey them. That's a hard thing to do. But check out what the parent's job is. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Again, check this out. It's a two-way street. It's a mutual obligation. We can't just go, kids, do what I say. Why? Because I told you to. Do it! Right? They're just like, Ugh. right? Well, they're either going to do it and hate you or just do it and be like, whatever. You know, when I'm 18, I'm out of here. Right? Or they're going to not do it. 
And there's going to be a battle going on. Okay? Fathers, don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. There's a way to lead your children in that obedience to honor you. The word that's used here for discouraged is to lose heart. Your kids can lose heart. Guys, when we, what he's talking about is this. Fathers, there was a, um, in the Roman culture, it was called a, a term called the father's power. It was in the law that the father had complete power over the children, over his own kids. So in other words, he could do anything. He could put them to forced labor. He could sell them into slavery by law, completely legal. He could put his own son to death and carry out his execution. Remember that next time I tell you to do the dishes. Okay. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Not in that culture. That's what it was like back then. Father had complete power. How revolutionary is it? Look what Paul's saying. Imagine living in that culture. Look what he's saying. This is, what Paul's saying is offensive to us now, but it was offensive for the completely opposite reason back then. That's the irony of all this. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 5. Parallel. Ephesians always gives a little bit more commentary on these. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Here's what happens, you guys. The two mistakes that we make in parenting, and again, I'm not an expert on parenting, but this is true. I found this to be true. Two mistakes that we make are we're either too harsh with our kids or we're too lax with them, and both of them are bad. When you're too harsh with your kids, become a slave driver. Just do it. Just do it. Yelling at them all the time. Force them to do it. You know what's going to happen to them? They're going to hate you. Their hearts, they begin to lose heart. Their spirit is crushed. They're going to hate you. And they're also going to lose heart. I remember times growing up, just little instances where, you know, the parents, they're like, hey, you know, look at me when I'm talking to you. What are you looking at? <laughs> Don't look at me. You know, you're just like, what do you want me to do? You know? Like, like, honestly, before God, I'm just like, I don't even know why you're yelling at me right now. You know what I mean? I'm sure he knew why. I find myself doing the same things but with my kids. Is I'll be, like, upset, and they're like, I don't know what you want me to do. And I'm, and, and I'm so mad I don't, I don't deal with it right then. But later, I'm just like, you know, I probably didn't make that clear. They, they probably really didn't know what I wanted. But I was just so frustrated, right? They begin to lose heart. I remember just losing heart, just feeling, like, crushed in spirit. Just like, ah. Forget my parents, man. I just can't please them. Well, and that happens over time, over and over and over again. That's where you, that's the place that you end up being in. But you know what? Deep down inside, every kid loves their parents, and they want their parents' attention and encouragement, and they don't, guess what happens in that scenario too? They don't get that. So they grow up feeling like, I can never please my parents. It's crazy, you guys. I watched a movie that had this in the movie, this exact scenario. I was like, oh my gosh totally the passage I'm preaching on, where this woman's like an adult, and she's, she's bringing home her fiancé, and she's like terrified of her mom's, if her mom's going to approve of him or not, and it just crushes her, right? Her whole life is living, how can I please my mom? How can I please my dad? I don't know if I can. I, you know what I mean? You're like 40 years old, and you're doing that? That's sad, and that's the result of that kind of parenting. Check out the lax parenting, when you're too lax, and I have seen this as well. I was actually a youth pastor for three years, and I saw both of these approaches to raising teenagers, and neither of them worked. <laughs> the extreme side of both, both of the kids went AWOL, <laughs> okay? 
I don't know the answer to raising teenagers. I'm not there yet. I'm going to pray really hard. That's my plan, like four hours a morning. Um, but when we're too lax with our kids, so we're just kind of like, eh, I'm not going to come down. I'm not going to discipline them. I'm not going to think through giving them consequences and all those kind of things. They just turn into little demons, don't they? They do whatever they want. Here's what happens. It's the same result. Is all of a sudden we're letting them do whatever. But then we're like, oh, I don't want you to do that. Well, they've never had any actual discipline, so your words mean nothing to them. And you just yell at them. Why are you doing that? Stop doing that. Oh, I'm so mad at you. Maybe we slap them or something, right? And they're just like, like my parents are whacked. <laughs> you know? That's what happens in that scenario. You keep, being lax is not the answer. Letting them do whatever they want. Well, I don't want to. Number one, it takes too much effort. I'm too lazy to discipline them and to actually have them do, you know, suffer a consequence or think through a plan for their life, schedule for them. Or I just, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make them, maybe they'll not love me anymore if I do that. I've seen that. That's called worshiping your kids. Well, if I make them mad, they might be angry at me and I need them to love me with that unconditional love because I didn't get it from whoever and I don't feel like I really have it from God. That's just complete dysfunction. You're not helping your kids by doing that, right? They're going to grow up being crazy demons who grow up. I don't know. They're going to be whacked. They're going to have problems. They're going to have issues, just like when you're too hard on them. So what's the answer to that? Well, it's this. We want our kids to obey us, because that's what the Bible says. So we need to teach them to obey us, but we need a plan to discipline them in that. And we don't want to provoke them to anger. So we don't want to be too lax. We don't want to provoke them to anger. There's times, you guys, when I get too hard on them, and I have to back off and go, you know what? I just need, they need some grace right now. Sometimes your kids need the grace of God, right? They need grace from you. There's other times when I'm just like, I'm, too, I'm just like too lax right now. I need to get, come down on them a little bit. So parents, spend time with your kids. Have a plan. And don't blame them for the things they really don't understand. You guys with me on this? All right. All these things working together as we wrap this up. Look at this. Everyone has a role. Everyone has a duty in the family to make it work. And I realize families are broken and this is very hard. But this is the way God wants it to work. Why? So the gospel will be glorified. So that God will be glorified. Wives, follow and submit to the loving leadership of your husband. Husbands, lead your wives by loving them and sacrificing for them. Children, obey and respect your parents. Parents, don't provoke your children to anger lest they become discouraged, lest they lose heart. Here's what I want to end with, you guys. It's not about your kids and you. They're going to go off and become adults someday. Did you know they're supposed to hate you when they grow up? Jesus said that. You believe me? Do I have your attention now? Luke chapter 14, check it out. Here's how I want to end. Luke chapter 14, Jesus said, kids, you're supposed to hate your parents. Amen. I'm not kidding you guys, man. Check this out. Chapter 14, verse 25. Now great crowds accompanied him, Jesus, and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. 
Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Here's what he's saying here. The word hate was a Semitic expression that meant to love less. So here's what he's saying. If you love me less than your wife, if you love your wife, wives, if you love your husband or love Jesus less than your husband, kids, kids are supposed to love Jesus more than you, parents. I know that might hurt, but it's true. They're not going to be with you forever. Most of their life's going to be living a living their own life outside of your house. So here's the deal, you guys. This is what I want to end with. I know we're like short on time, but I'm having fun. That's all that matters, right? (laughs) Here's the end goal of everything. This is my point. It's discipleship. My desire for my wife should be that she becomes a disciple of Christ and falls in love with God more and more every day and grows as a believer in the gospel. And I I should never be satisfied until she does because guess what? She's God's. She's not, she's not really mine. God gave her to me. But she's really his. He's the only one that's ever going to be perfect and give her the happiness that she deserves, that she needs, and that she longs for, the love that she longs for. I can't do it. I can try my hardest, but I'm going to fail. But God will always give that. Kids, your parents are always going to mess up. Amen? I'm just, I'm just looking at my kids because they're the only ones in here. They're like, amen to that. Kid, your parents are going to let you down. You need God. You need Jesus. That's why so many people are jacked up from their fathers and the parents. and who, You know what I mean? All these issues. But there's hope of redemption because of God. He's a father to the fatherless. But hey, if you got kids, let's do it right now. Train them up to love God and to love Jesus so that I can send them off. Here, God, you are God's. You're, not, you're just on loan to me. Don't raise them like your own that you want to create them in your image. I want them to, to be transformed into God's image, not mine. Amen to that? All right. Same with wives. Why should you submit and respect your husbands when they're, when they're trying to lovingly lead you in Christ? I'm talking to Christian families right now. Why should you do that? Out of reverence for Christ. Because God has, has called them and asked them to lead you in that way. That's part of their growth in Christ, in God. So you're coming alongside of that and submitting and respecting that and helping them to do that while they're loving you. See how it all flows together? Here's how we'll end. Colossians, here's what he says right before this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts for the family. Kindness in your marriage. Meekness and patience in your marriage with your kids. Bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, just think about your relationships in the family. Forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And that's the point. As the Lord has forgiven you. God has been compassionate, gracious, and kind to us in the cross. We're going to celebrate right now as we sing communion. We didn't deserve his love. We didn't respond lovingly submitting to him. But he did it anyway. And he went all the way to the cross and loved us completely had compassion on us, where compassion means to suffer with. He suffered with us and felt our pain, gave himself. Now check it out. If I can't forgive my wife when God's forgiven me that way, that's just wrong. I should always forgive her. I should always forgive my kids. Kids, you should always be forgiving to your parents because God has forgiven you. He showed you that kindness. 
How dare we not show it to each other in the family? Would you guys just bow your heads with me? We're going to transition up. We're going to end with some singing in a time of communion, and we have bread up here and juice. And uh, feel free at any time during the communion to come. You may want to come as a family or with your spouse if you, if you have them here today. Um, if you're single today, let me just say, this is for you as well. This is for you. This is, this is life. We are all in a family in some capacity. And the family is where we have an opportunity to glorify God and to grow. So let's come and let's remember the sacrifice and how he loved us, sanctified us, purified us in the gospel through the work of the cross. You can take that at any time as we sing. God, we love you. Just thank you for your word and for what you have done for us when we didn't deserve it. You have made us into a family, the family of God. You're a father to the fatherless. God, you will be a husband to the husbandless. You are everything that we need this morning because of the sacrifice that you made for us. You brought life through your resurrection. You're alive today. So God, may we just come to you with open hearts. May you, we allow you to do the work that you want to do in us. In his name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.